Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Let's delve into some conspiracies. So he's a genius, but he still expected a horse to be able to turn a knob. That's Da Vinci, you idiot! Crying out loud. It's always bloody aliens. This is mental. Hello and welcome to Weird Tales of the Unexplainable. With me, Tiss. With me, my co-hosts, as always. Introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Beefy. <laughs> <laughs> the delay should i leave that delay when neither of us wanted to go first i think beef's in yeah. another country yeah uh this is bob shoy i'm ready to record how you guys been good still in my training um i'm like halfway through my training for my new job it's very long-winded a uh, few people in my training group uh, have now listened to a few episodes of weird tales so oh really that's a, <laughs> that's a bit weird <laughs> wow that is a bit yeah. strange I sat down at lunch the other day when the dinosaurs one went up and there was like three people on the table like, oh, the new episode's up. <laughs> so, oh, really? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Um, so, yeah, anyone uh, from LCRO8 training group listening, hi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're a good advocate for the pod. To be fair, I haven't been subtle about it. I've been wearing my Weird Tales t-shirt to the training yeah. and stuff. Super, super subtle. It was like day two of training and I was wearing my Weird Towns t-shirt. Like, what's that, Bob? Why are you wearing that t-shirt? Yeah. Oh, well, funny you should ask. This old thing. Well, this old thing. I'm just an award-winning podcast producer and host, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All that spare time I get. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty just knackered. I'm just really tired. I feel like I've done a swap from the last time we spoke, Bob. You were pretty tired. Yeah, I feel more awake today, but yeah. I'm I'm absolutely shattered. So Tish, you better have a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty tired myself, but I've got a good one. Oh come on, get the hype going. <laughs> Where's the energy? <laughs> I am excited. I'm always excited. I've had two days off work and I'm fucking more tired than ever. What's what happens is with weird tales. I find every time we start, we're all like, I feel tired, and then when the subject gets announced, it suddenly perks me up. I'm like, ooh, and I get excited. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Today's so Tish, drop it on us. Go on, Tiss. Various Da Vinci conspiracies oh i like Ooh. it i really like it okay yeah yeah there's a da vinci exhibition in leeds at the moment really 
Yeah, same in Bristol. I went I went to it uh, the other weekend with my brothers. Um, it was really interesting. They had loads of like his original pages from his notebooks and things. Yeah, that's what they had in the Bristol one as well. That's... Oh, cool. So they must have like split between a few different places in the UK. Yeah, I think they did. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, is it? Did it have the flood? The Great Flood? No, stuff? that one wasn't. Oh. That was really cool. Okay, so what do you guys know about Da Vinci apart from the notebook stuff? He's in Assassin's Creed too. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. Really? Fuck, I yeah. need to play that game. What, what happened? Um, all, all the Assassin's Creed games sandwich in some famous historical figure at yeah, some point. They like cross to, paths. Do you have to kill him or does he like... No, you do missions for him, like his inventions. No fucking way. Yeah, you aid him invent, inventing like uh, flying machines and things. Really? It's like a side, chain of side quests. Shit. I think it's in two. It's either in two or one of the like two spin-offs, so like Brotherhood or something. One of one of the Ezio Assassin's Creed games has Da Vinci in it. Yeah. My God. Uh, I don't think I played any of the. I think Black Flag was the first one I played. That's the best one. Um, and then I didn't play any of the others because they're basically the same. I'm game. really burnt Just... out on them. I need to try the new ones. Apparently, everyone says the new ones are better. They're more like RPG. Like so, the the ancient Egypt one and the ancient Greece one apparently good again. They're different again, but. I found them old okay. ones got so similar. Uh, but Da Vinci, what do I know about Da Vinci? Um, didn't he paint Mona Lisa? Yeah. And uh, Sistine Chapel? Uh, Unless you're going to tell me he didn't paint the Sistine Chapel. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he could, he yeah, could he have. did, he did. What? What's in the Sistine Chapel? Is that the one with God and... Uh... And someone else sort of touching fingers. Touching fingers is the name of the painting, yeah. Um, Isn't it called Hand of God or something? And it's like, and you've got, yeah, God doing that and then man doing that and they're sort of touching. He did did the Last Supper, right? Yeah. He did do the Last Supper as well. Uh, He also was like a really prolific uh, inventor. Well, um, he was he was a painter, an inventor, an architect, mathematician, sculptor, yeah. musician, writer, geologist. He was like so prolific. Military engineer, botanist, cartographer, and uh, anatomist. I was trying to get through to my brothers at the exhibition. They were like, "Who was he?" And I was like, "He did so much." Like, but when we came out, they were like really interested in him. But it was like. I was, I was just trying to explain to him, like, he was so ahead of his time with his inventions. He would, like, draw things that he had thought of that there was no physical way to actually create at that time. But he had the idea so far in advance. It was almost like he was from the future with, like, how yeah. forward-thinking his inventions were. He basically, like, thought of the idea for an aeroplane before anyone could even build that. Well, on that, like that on that same vein, uh, he actually designed robots he designed a, a knight that was a robot. A robot. Well, he actually designed a robotic tiger, which actually functioned. And I'll show you a video of it later. Wow. Uh, but he also designed a robotic knight uh, that I don't know if it ever got made, but the designs were used uh, by NASA to build Robonaut 2, which is a current robot. Really? So that was 500 years ago. Over 500 years ago, yeah. Same the- um, dimensions he, they used. There's also a future armor episode all about him. Yeah, there's always a future armor episode about everything we do. <laughs> future armor. That's that's a great. I'll episode, find a way actually. to bring it into everything. But he's 
yeah, he's he's pretty much an absolute genius. Um, where he was, he's not. He's dead now. He's a little bit dead. Yeah, but um, suffering from the case of the deads. Isn't there's also a Family Guy episode, uh, and it's one of those. It's one of the ones where Stewie and Brian go uh, time traveling, um, and it ends up like so. One of Stewie's long like ancestors way down is is Da Vinci. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys where um, it's like an undisputed genius. Like you can argue yeah. the case for certain people, but like he's like in the realm of Einstein, where everyone's like, "Yeah, he's a genius." Yeah, yeah. Or like Stephen Hawking or something like that. Have you guys ever seen any of his paintings, like in the first flesh? Hand? Yeah, in the flesh. Yeah. I've seen the Mona Lisa. What do you think, Tissy? At uh, the Louvre, extremely small. <laughs> they bought... <laughs> it's a lot smaller than what you'd think and there's so many people wanting to see it that's what she said for me I'm just like me having seen it doesn't take away from its beauty so I don't really need to see it I, I mean it's I good I don't, don't want to put but... myself through like crowds to see it I just trust the thing is <laughs> the, the thing is the, the room that it's in in the Louvre in the Louvre um, is uh you walk in and there's these incredibly intricate, detailed paintings that are probably, the paintings are like 30 foot high and they go on for like 60, 70 foot. They're massive, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely ginormous and they're beautiful. Yeah. And then the Mona Lisa's there and it's like A4. Yeah. It's like, so mate, small. Put some effort in. So <laughs> I'm going to um, sound really, really ignorant now. Okay. Um, I, I actually really love going to art galleries. Every time I go to a city, I always check out the art gallery. Uh, I've lived in Leeds a couple of months and I've been up to the gallery numerous times. I, I love going to the big galleries and seeing, um, you know, great works of art. Never been to France. I've never seen Mona Lisa. This is crazy. I didn't know that Da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know that, which is crazy. I like I live with my girlfriend's a fine art student, and and <laughs> you know, I just never knew that. I don't know why. I just never really thought of who painted the Mona Lisa. Amazing. So. Wasn't he also? Uh, he was also in Titanic, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's how he That's died. Da Vinci, he went you down with the idiot. ship. <laughs> 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 oh man, let's uh, let's watch. There's there's this first uh, video that kind of just illustrates his genius. It's called the Vitruvian Man. It's the okay. first video I'm going to put on. That's Ted Ed. Oh, Tess, you're getting good with the videos, man. This image of the Vitruvian Man taken from Leonardo's sketches has become one of the most recognizable symbols of the Renaissance. But why? It's a simple pen and ink drawing, right? Wrong. Let's start to answer this question with a math problem. I know how to calculate the area of a circle. I take the value for pi and multiply it by the radius squared. I also know how to take the area of a square. I multiply the base by itself. But how can I take the area of a circle and create a square with an equal area? This is a problem often called squaring a circle that was first proposed in the ancient world, and like many ideas of the ancient world, it was given new life during the Renaissance. As it turns out, this problem is impossible to solve because of the nature of pi. But that's another story. Leonardo's sketch, which is influenced by the writings of the Roman architect Vitruvius, places a man firmly at the center of a circle and a square. Vitruvius claimed the navel is the center of the human body, and that if one takes a compass and places the fixed point on the navel, a circle can be drawn perfectly around the body. Additionally, 
Vitruvius recognized that arm span and height have a nearly perfect correspondence in the human body, thus placing the body perfectly inside a square as well. Leonardo used the ideas of Vitruvius to solve the problem of squaring a circle metaphorically, using mankind as the area for both shapes. Leonardo wasn't just thinking about Vitruvius, though. There was an intellectual movement in Italy at the time called Neoplatonism. This movement took an old concept from the 4th century, developed by Plato and Aristotle, called the Great Chain of Being. This belief holds that the universe has a hierarchy resembling a chain, and that chain starts at the top with God, then travels down through the angels, planets, stars, and all life forms before ending with demons and devils. Early in this philosophic movement, it was thought that mankind's place in this chain was exactly in the center. Because humans have a mortal body accompanied by an immortal soul, we divide the universe nicely in half. Around the time Leonardo sketched the Vitruvian Man, however, a Neoplatonist named Pico della Mirandola had a different idea. He pried mankind off the chain and claimed that humans have a unique ability to take any position they want. Pico claimed that God desired a being capable of comprehending the beautiful and complicated universe he had created. This led to the creation of mankind, which he placed at the center of the universe with the ability to take whatever form he pleases. Mankind, according to Pico, could crawl down the chain and behave like an animal, or crawl up the chain and behave like a god. It's our choice. Looking back at the sketch, we can see that by changing the position of the man, he can fill the irreconcilable areas of a circle and a square. If geometry is the language the universe is written in, then this sketch seems to say we can exist within all its elements. Mankind can fill whatever shape he pleases geometrically and philosophically as well. In this one sketch, Leonardo was able to combine the mathematics, religion, philosophy, architecture, and artistic skill of his age. No wonder it's become such an icon for the entire time period. There we go. How crazy was that? It's really interesting. The fact that he combined so many themes... So uh, for listeners, that, that's the talk about the Vitruvian man. You, you'll know the image if you're not sure. Search it. It's the man with his arms outstretched and his legs down or their legs moved around in a circle or whatever. He's got his willy out. <laughs> He's always got his willy out. Statue of David's got his willy out as well. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, that came up in Pictionary last week with my brother. Really? Yeah, to draw Statue of David. With a cock. Yeah. But that's an There's example no of how, how he uses different uh, techniques to illustrate different points, like hidden messages. Yeah, like he's always, that. that's the thing I know that Da Vinci is also famous for, like not just making these great works, but them meaning more than they first appear. There's yeah. hidden meanings and symbolism in, in, in everything that he creates. Yeah, uh, which is why there's so much uh, debate over, you know, the Last Supper and all these famous paintings and things. Yeah, yeah. Go on, B, if you look like you're itching to say something. So can I just check? Because I don't, I I knew the the picture. I recognised the the man in the circle mm. as I fondly refer to it. Um, I didn't really get the significance. What was he saying about? Because it was quite quiet for me at the beginning. Um, what's the significance of it, of the mathematics behind it, and, and so how that ties in with philosophy? And you can't fit a circle perfectly inside a square, is it? Something like that. Uh, they they couldn't work out because of the nature of pi. They couldn't work out uh, an equation that could make a square and a circle fit comfortably within each other. Or, or for for an okay. equation, but they also worked out well. You know, um, the arm span of a man is roughly the height. So that you can actually use, um, he was basically saying you could use men to create shape. 
So with the arms uh, outstretched okay. and the legs down, it's a square. And with the legs on the yes. side like that, it's a perfect circle. So you could draw yes, yeah, around yeah. A, a figure of a man by putting a compass where the navel would be. And the the composition of a, of a human man is actually mathematical. Yeah. So this is almost going back to the sacred geometry and like mathematics within creation. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I loved the the uh the philosophy scale the 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 philosophical scale that he used to to depict how men have the ability to behave like animals or they have the ability to behave like humans uh like gods yeah um well, i loved was, that it was another guy that said that though wasn't it because da vinci yeah, was like yeah. we're halfway up the chain between like gods and demons yeah humans sit exactly halfway animals are below us and angels are above and all that stuff yeah but then the other yeah guy, but i loved i loved this other illustration yeah, the other guy was, was just like great. actually humans have the ability to fit themselves anywhere on that scale we can be yeah. animals we can be almost godlike and it's up to us how we appear on the scale really interesting yeah. What did you think about that? What's, what was your thought behind Da Vinci's ideas that we are exactly in the middle in creation, Tiss? Yeah, uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> it's hard to really verbalise <laughs> it. I think you guys did a really good job. Are you more in the uh, that humans are in the middle or humans can adjust, though? Um, no, I definitely say humans can adjust, definitely. Right. We can react to our... We've got two things within us. One that wants to react to the basis instincts and one that wants to react in a calm manner because it's, like, godly. Lizard brain, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Or we could all choose to do, like, on Black Books when Bill Bailey swallows the book of calm. (laughs) We could do that, yeah. Just become, like, godly and walk around just... Totally zen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, really I, I just... I, yeah, I loved that. I loved that illustration, and I liked... Um, I didn't... Yeah, I didn't really know that that was Da Vinci's viewpoint. Um, but I, I think that would probably make more sense to me, that we do have the ability to... And that's and that's part of human nature, that, you know, we're we're all hypocrites in the sense that we all have the ability to behave exactly how we want to behave but we also can be the scum of the earth and we can be all of those things all at the same time because that's mm. that's human nature we we have that within us the the ability to respond to the environment around us and that Definitely. that depicts our behavior so it's yeah that was really interesting just that um three minute video um and that's what the, the ted videos are really good at so i've used them on the show a few times but it's really uh, expanded my knowledge instantly of what the vitruvia man is because it's an image that i've seen a million times just like every, everyone knows that image but i instantly have like a way better understanding of why it was made and what it sort of represents and yeah and the theories behind it like i instantly have more knowledge about this simple thing that i've seen a million times and sort of considered what it is and yeah. now i know or well, now i have a good idea yeah definitely well hold on to that knowledge because there's going to be some okay. videos that will will uh fill you with with knowledge maybe you'd rather not uh hold Uh-oh. on to so. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> there's gonna be a few points okay. from all sides so <laughs> it's gonna be fun uh, we've got a few ancient aliens. Uh, it's going to blow it all wide Conspiracies open. on here. Is that what happened to Da Vinci? He got abducted? 
Well, well. Uh oh. So, oh, hello. So we've established he's a universal genius. Uh, yeah. He created military devices. He created the first tank. Is that good? Really? Uh, well, apparently in his design, he designed the tank, but then designed it with a flaw so the tank Death would star. never run. So he, right. he, all of his designs had little flaws so that people couldn't actually make them. He knew the secret of what the flaw was, right. but they were designed with flawed, kind of. So he, you say, go back. So he designed the tank as we no, know it in the sense. No, he designed his own tank. Concept. It was a free 60 tank that looked like a UFO. Oh, I've seen that right. image. I've seen yeah. that image. Uh, he designed it originally for horses, but the horses kept getting scared to get in there, so then he designed it for humans. <laughs> but he designed for the humans to turn big cogs with massive handles. What? Uh, yeah, like the Excuse cogs me? would turn the wheels. The humans would turn big cogs. Oh, cogs. Yeah, cogs. Um, cogs. So, yeah, let's delve into some conspiracies. So he's a genius... Yeah, he, but he... he still expected a horse to be able to turn a knob. <laughs> <laughs> how would he? How would he do it with the hoof? It'd have to be like I don't know. He just get his mouth on it. He also oh, yeah. he put a little bit. They put a little salt cube on the uh, cog. And then... <laughs> also, in his designs, he was known for mirror writing, which is salt as well, sugar cube. <laughs> No, they do, horses like salt as well. They have salt licks. Really? Yeah, salt licks. Oh, just because your mum likes have, horses. Yeah, she got them in the stable. I would love a salt I lick. I didn't know I'd, I'd love a soy sauce lick because soy sauce is amazing. The older I get, the more I'm just like, oh, so I don't like sweet things anymore. I want just salt. I want bitterness and salt. Go to Iceland yeah. and eat their Haribo, man. All of them. <laughs> All of them are salty. Salty dogs, Oh, man. you mean at the country, Iceland? Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I thought you went to shop. No. <laughs> yeah, because they, well, yeah, all of Scandinavia has uh, salted licorice and it's banging. They fucking love salted shit and it's, oh Yeah. Ooh. It's I got right. a taste for it. I, I used to hate it, but when I was in Sweden, I got a bit of a taste for it. Ooh, I'd like to go back there and eat it a little bit more, but I'm kind of grossed out by it as well, so. My mum's yeah. currently in Norway. I'll tell her to bring me some back. Is it as good as when you get to the bottom of a packet of discos and you get all that salt at the bottom? That of the hurts. Bag? That hurts. That's, yeah, but it's good though. Oh, it's good, but it hurts. It's good pain. It's like a shot of sambuca. Yeah, <laughs> it'll do the trick, but it's gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah. You better not have a cut in your mouth. <laughs> like corners. Anyway, crack, crack on, crack on. So Leonardo, in his life. Between the dates of... Actually, no, I didn't write it down the dates. I thought I did. I definitely didn't. Um, between some dates. Between the 1400s. In the 1400s at some point. Right. Uh, he went away for two years, disappeared, and then came back to Florence. And when he came back, he had drawn, like, bird's eye views of Venice and, like, oh, started right. inventing crazy things. Um, but when he was away in his diary, he put about he wrote about a cave that he entered, and um, some people say that he went into this cave to just reflect on himself. You know, like like so many sages of the world, they go away for years and meditate, and then come back mm. and and get really creative. But of course, there are some 
that uh, think that he was visited by extraterrestrials. I was waiting for that. Oh, my days. Uh, no. But he communicated in these caves with extraterrestrial beings. Did he eat some intergalactic mushrooms? <laughs> and cry uh, out loud. It's always bloody aliens. Always. I was waiting for it. I was hoping it would be. Well, this, yeah, this is some of the stuff. So, okay. I've got a video about the cave. Oh, it's from Ancient Aliens. We don't know what happened inside this cave, but it's quite possible that Leonardo da Vinci actually encountered extraterrestrial teachers who then gave him certain information. And it's this knowledge, perhaps, that made Leonardo da Vinci the incredible genius that he was. I'm not sure Leonardo da Vinci went to another world, but I have a feeling that this guy somehow through dreaming or going through some kind of dimension was able to see the future, our future. Those we call geniuses, such as Leonardo da Vinci, are able to discern and detect these codes that are coming to them from these higher levels of reality and utilize them in their work, in their art, in their inventions to improve this physical world that we live in. Unlike other artists, Leonardo da Vinci did not have to measure the ratios and the proportion. It just came to him spontaneously. He was tapping into something that allowed him to bring down knowledge and information, just like the ancient cultures did. Further evidence of Leonardo's contact with extraterrestrial intelligence can be found by a close examination of one of his most intriguing paintings, The Virgin of the Rocks. The Virgin of the Rocks is really a showpiece for some of Leonardo's special techniques. We see figures emerging from shadows into spotlighting in a way that other artists of his time didn't do. In March 2018, author and researcher William Henry traveled to the outskirts of London. There, he met with Da Vinci expert Lynn Pickner in order to get her thoughts on this unique work of art. I've just come from the National Gallery and experienced the version of the rocks. When you look at it, you, it's, you're, you're drawn into it. The colors, the setting, yeah. it, it's almost like it's just coming out of the wall and you're, you're stepping into it. Yeah, and also there's a sense of there's something lurking in it that we don't really get that he's holding back a little. The Virgin of the Rocks depicts the apocryphal story of an early meeting between the infant Jesus and the infant John the Baptist during the time of the Holy Family's flight to Egypt. In this painting, apparently what we have is the baby John the Baptist kneeling to Jesus and the Virgin Mary's got her arm round John the Baptist and there's an archangel who is Uriel and oh, so far so good you might think except that the children are with their wrong protectors I mean you would expect Jesus to be with his mother and it so happens that Uriel is traditionally a John the Baptist protector right Uriel is, has a big backstory with yeah. informing Noah about the flood, Archangel of Wisdom. Yeah, yeah. wisdom is, yeah, that's important here. Celestial being coming yeah. from yeah. the heavens. In one of the so-called lost chapters of the Hebrew Bible, known as the Book of Enoch, 
the Archangel Uriel guides Enoch, the great-grandfather of Noah, through heaven, where he is taught all the secrets and mysteries of the universe. Is it possible that da Vinci knew of this lost, and some would say, forbidden chapter of the Bible, and for this reason, deliberately included Uriel as a way of sending a secret message about what he believed to be the extraterrestrial source of his incredible genius. What do you well, think of that? So much to go into there. Well, wow. Uh, I was interested, Beef, uh, because they were talking a lot of theology there. What your take was on, yeah. on that? Um, so the Book of Enoch is one of the apocryphal books that I've spoken about previously. Um, and the uh, when they use words like forbidden, you're like, it's not forbidden, there's nothing forbidden. Well, that's ancient aliens, isn't it? Trying to be all... <gasps> yeah. The forbidden yeah. texts. The forbidden text of the Bible. Yeah. It's not forbidden. It's, it's, there's, there's a lack of, so you use textual criticism to, to, to be able to, which is a science you apply to work out how credible texts are, and particularly historic texts. Um, and quite simply, the Book of Enoch is one of the books that would not be, or is not as credible as the other books. So we went in through Bible. it in a fair more detail on the, the, the conspiracies of the Bible, that episode, whatever it was. Yeah. Conspiracies exactly, of the Church, yeah. the Bible, that episode. We went, we talked about it quite a lot on there. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so I, I was laughing um, at the, but I, th- I think it's, um, I, I, I guess when it comes down to art, um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was using his art to to get some kind of message across about celestial beings, and maybe his encounter with a celestial being. But um, it's it's art. It's you know, it's it's up for interpretation. But I I, I mean, I I felt like she was talking about it like it was pretty much fact. A lot know. of these experts do talk about this stuff like it's fact, though, on these programs. <laughs> Like, uh, one of them said, like, he has absolutely no doubt, no doubt that Da Vinci was uh, in contact with aliens. And No the, doubt. No, no doubt. doubt at all. Absolutely no doubt. Amazing. Uh, no doubt. That's mental. But then you watch, like, uh, TED Talk and Historic History Channel, or not, not actually other History Channel stuff, and then people will be sort of, like, less sure of themselves than then, will you? Like, the history channel's it. crazy. The history channel is it shouldn't really have that name. I'm glad they never gave us that TV show. <laughs> <laughs> that was Discovery, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Discovery. Well, we're, we're not supposed to talk about that on the pod, but okay. <laughs> we'll cut that, cut that. I'm leaving it in. Fuck it, it's too late now. <laughs> we haven't heard back from now. It's not happening. Nothing. Um, <laughs> one point I did, one point I did think of was, um, uh, I was shaking my head a lot at this this idea that keeps coming up when we talk about ancient aliens of, um, people who are geniuses gaining their knowledge from aliens. from aliens. Yeah, they can't just be a genius. No, I know. Um, <laughs> but one thing I did think of, um. I I don't know this for absolute certain, but I'm I'm pretty sure that um, Dmitri Mendeleev, the guy who produced what we now know as the modern periodic table of elements, um, claimed to have have got that as a layout 
in a dream, um, and the dream that he'd had, he felt like it was God inspired, mm. um, which is interesting. But I guess it's a little bit different to aliens. You're like, can't people just be clever? Like, can't people just be intelligent? Yeah, there's there's got to be room in human creation evolution for to how to for there to be these outliers of of you know genius a pure genius because yeah. you know every human is made up of you know its, its own complex genome or whatever so there's got to be some combinations where it's just like there's a spark of amazingness within mm. certain people but no yeah. we can't can't allow that it has to be aliens who gave them the knowledge yeah. yeah. I, I really hope that one day we we discover aliens for real and it's plastered all over the internet and they're as thick as shit. <laughs> <laughs> On that subject, actually, I'd like to show you some more. Uh, On that just, subject? Just quickly, of the of the aliens that Da Vinci came in contact with. Because well, this, there's a picture of them. No, this is something that will be quite funny. I, it's, it's, it's too funny not to put in. All right, uh, okay. Right, it's, okay. It's an alien, ancient alien astronaut theorist's way of deciphering the Da Vinci Code. Because he mirror wrote. Did you know he mirror wrote quite a lot? You must have seen You mentioned on... that before. Did you see that on his notebook, though? You know, the, the language looks quite strange. That's because it's written backwards with his left hand. Uh, I did see some of that, but I didn't really know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, so he mirror wrote a lot. So he used mirrors... Uh, so you use a mirror and it, you can see what's there because he wrote backwards. Basically to hide mm. his secrets from prying eyes. <laughs> I just need a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> prying eyes. Prying eyes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've got a train or something. Um, but also, so they've put that to the test as uh, if we put mirrors on the paintings, they will show us secret meanings as well. Right. And okay. the results he, are... He painted with his left hand as well. Well, are amazing. Uh, can you see that? So right, so they're mirroring Mona Lisa. Is this helmet-shaped creature simply the yeah. product of a parlor trick? Yeah. If so, then why can a similar creature be seen in another famous oh, painting? Oh, f- this is mental. This predator. No. What the fuck? Oh, this is taking the piss. <laughs> this is mental. Oh my god! So for listeners, these guys are getting Ugh. famous uh, Da Vinci paintings and putting a mirror down the middle of them to make the people's faces look fucked up, and they're saying that's what the aliens actually look like. That's this is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, it's amazing, the sort of thing that it? you do with your iPhone. You just like this yeah. is a... dicking about. <laughs> it's a face app thing. It's yeah, a really popular TV show. <laughs> it's just <laughs> doing that. That is. I don't know how anyone can watch have a straight face. It's shameless. Ooh, no. like, I, I don't know how anyone can watch that and think, oh yeah, maybe. No, that is absolute <laughs> wank. Absolute a hell of a lot wank. of people watch uh, Ancient Aliens and think yeah. that's real. I, I'm gonna coin Beef's favorite phrase. Uh, that. Is absolute drivel. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolute drivel. Proper shit. 
Um, it annoys me. It annoys me. I, I, I am glad you showed yeah, it to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. It's enriched my life. I had to. It's like the uh, flat Earth, where it's <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> what? How? Where's your physics now? Yeah. <laughs> it just it, those sort of things. Just it doesn't do them any favors. Those theorists, because it's so no. stupid that their ideas that aren't as stupid look more preposterous. But here's the when thing: when they put alongside do, that, is it so stupid, or are they making a shitload of money from making stupid shit, so they just carry on making stupid shit? Like there's stupid enough people to mm. to not listen to us about it. That's true. I mean, uh, they're more likely to listen to them than us. Of course, days, yeah. And they do. Ancient Aliens has a few more li- viewers than we have listeners. It's just great to get stoned and watch because it's like uh, you haven't seen Rick and Morty, so you don't understand the reference. But it's uh, Universal Cable. Universal right. Cable was a segment on the show where they just do sketches of this TV that can show a, a TV channel from any dimension, universe, anything right, that exists. Right, yeah. So anything can get chucked up. So it's like watching that. Like, you just don't know what the fuck they're going to say. Usually it's they had contact with aliens. And then usually yeah. it's sort of like a little sort of segment where they show loads of clips of the thing supporting their argument. And then they just say, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So the other conspiracy that we're going to look into. I am going to say, uh, I'm just going to put it out there. I, I don't. I don't buy the alien theory. No. No. <laughs> no. I no. I don't, Here's I don't another more in, there's a more interesting one that I haven't found but Lids found earlier and yeah. it was to do with when he went in the cave apparently he saw a massive whale. Right. Um right. like a whale skeleton. Moby Dick. And that is why he painted a lot of floods and a lot of cataclysmic events because right. he realised from seeing the whale in that cave that sea level must have been really high at one point around those lands and he surmised that the, f- the flood that was in the Bible happened. Tis? Yeah. Is it pretty much fact that he ended up in this cave or is this just like folklore? No, no, this... definitely fact. It was in his diary. He saw, he found the cave, and the entry in his diary is something about um, the darkness of it really scared him to see what was in there. Um, the ca- this cave reminds me of um, Empire Strikes Back when Luke goes into the cave to face his dark mm. visions. Well, yeah, and he, he sees Vader as himself. Well, yeah, it might have been from Da Vinci that they got the idea. Vision cave. Because he he says in his diary that it was. Uh, well, he didn't. He didn't put a lot of entries in his diary, but this one he put in. So they surmised that maybe this was quite a impactful event, and then you know other people hijack that with the alien angle. But yeah, <laughs> it is known that he went into a cave, not known right. what was in there. Okay, but he came back changed, a changed man. Uh, there's I a really good. That. I can. There's a really good article on um, Cora, um, and I've, I've Bob. I'm going to send you a whole list of all the links to all the videos cool. yeah it'll all be on the blog for this i'll send you this this is someone's uh article about the subject of the cave uh short answer leonardo went to the mysterious cave to master creativity with some sort of insanity to discover himself other people would say leonardo went to a mysterious cave to master creativity from extraterrestrials with some sort of insanity to discover himself 
and then he goes on to say about basically what Beef said that it sucks that uh, someone thinks that it's just extraterrestrials and not just the creativity of a great mind. Yeah. It's a little bit like you get these ultra creative people that will try the uh, sensory deprivation chambers to see what it'll throw out. Yeah. Mm. He's just pushing himself to see what this uh, is going to throw out of him. Yeah. Um, after he came back from the cave, he drew the grotesques as well. Did, have you seen the picture of the grotesques? Uh, no. Please. Remind me. Oh, no, I haven't oh, yeah. seen that one before. I haven't they're the, seen that. They're the grotesques. Oh, wait a minute. So people yeah, no, surmise that, that he saw that, but I, like the guy says in the article, I think just, you know, people did surreal art all the time back in those yeah, days. Yeah. Uh, mm. So it's nothing out of the ordinary. Just because a lot of his, um, oh, his uh, illustrations and paintings mean something doesn't mean they all have to mean something. No, I know. That's his tank. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's. I think this is the thing. Like, I, I'm sure that all that happened was that he um, was just looking for peace and quiet. He had these ideas, but it needed to seclude himself to be able to give focus to what he really wanted to give focus to. Just shut out all the background noise of life. So Tiss talking about, um, you know, him seeing the whale skeleton in there and then realising, you know, water levels change and things like that. Hmm. Uh, this isn't really relevant to the show. But, you know, I said I was walking along the Yorkshire Dales the other weekend. Yeah. And I sent that picture of the, the like, crisscrossy rock formation I was standing on, the view over it. Oh, yeah. That was um, an ancient Ice Age waterfall. Really? Yeah, that's what that massive wow. rocky thing I was standing on was like. That's why it's all like weird and the rocks are all jagged because it would have had all the water running over it, you know, all those years wow. ago, thousands of years ago. Amazing, right? That's wow. nuts. Mm. My brother is in Iceland at the moment. Uh, oh, I'm really awesome. excited for him because yeah. it sounds like a great trip he's got planned. Uh, he's going to all the same landmarks that me and you went to, Bob. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Um so Da Vinci, great man. Yep. Uh, <laughs> what a lovely man. Lovely, lovely man. Um, also, the plans that we were talking about earlier, Da Vinci's plans, uh, he invented the submarine and the helicopter ahead of yes, time. Yes, the helicopter's the one. I've seen the images of the helicopter. Yeah, the spiral sort of yeah. thing. When um, you say he invented the helicopter... He invented it but never got to do it because the technology yeah. wasn't there he yeah he thought of the design and he was like yeah yeah it's like Someone... he came up with concepts of things that's what i was saying earlier that like there was no physical way to create with the technology then it's almost like yeah. he was thinking so far in advance we've designed stuff that would work like the dyson sphere would work in theory with the technology but mm. we don't have the technology so in i don't know 2000 years if they watched in a nutshell's uh, Dyson Sphere video on YouTube, then they'd be like, "Fuck, this guy was Da Vinci." But yeah, yeah, there's geniuses yeah. among us that we don't even know yet. Yeah, <laughs> they're all on YouTube, right? Hell yeah, there's a lot of geniuses on there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the revolution will not be televised. <laughs> not on my telly, anyway. No, they're all on the History Channel. <laughs> That's where the real geniuses are. <laughs> so. Before we move on to the other segment, uh, I wanted to show you guys some UFOs from the Renaissance period because there's a lot of paintings with UFOs in them and cool. it's kind of relevant and I don't think it would fit in anywhere else on the episode spectrum. So 
let's watch a little bit of this and, and we'll stop between them and uh, discuss them. Okay, so pictures of, of UFOs during the, the Renaissance. So, so Mary on the Rocks, there's one up here and there's a guy you can even see in the background looking right. up and his dog's barking and it looks like a UFO. <laughs> Okay. There's one here. The black okay. thing there with the lights that's, coming down. That's almost got like a tractor beam coming down from it. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? I mean, oh, I mean, is that the... not just sunlight? No, but there's like no. a little disc above it. I can't see the disc. It's next to the U for UFO. There's like a disc shape. Oh, okay. Here we go. So we're what's that see one? Cl- that's the guy's head. We're gonna see a close up of the Mary on the Rocks one. Look at that. Uh, yeah, that is weird to be in odd. such a famous painting. I've not seen that before. That's a UFO in a painting, dude. <laughs> He's convinced. <laughs> He's all turned around on it. <laughs> that does look like a UFO. It is weird. It looks and like look it's been photoshopped on. It's that weird. The sun and the moon, apparently. But the sun and the moon, apparently, were not they got people in them in religious uh, photos back then. So they're saying it could be UFOs. Is that a person within the sun? Yeah. The person There's in the moon here as well. The um the Look end of All Star Superman by Grant Morrison ends with Superman inside the sun controlling it. It's and it has it's like a really iconic imagery. And I feel That's like that bizarre. was inspired by Da Vinci. So I'll put the video of that on the blog. Some of them are pretty crazy. Uh have to be seen to be some believed. Some of them. Some of them are pretty crazy. The Madonna on the Rocks one more than most it's got like the blob in the black in the back and then it's got I don't the know man what, what that's supposed to be well exactly what else could it be <laughs> well it's a UFO well, well the thing is right if you don't even have to confirm it's aliens all you have to do is confirm that there is a UFO phenomena where people see UFOs that happens people yeah. see them whether that's it's real or not yeah the way that we, everyone says like about UFOs now, maybe that isn't a modern thing. Maybe even during the Renaissance, yeah. there was people going, oh yeah, I was abducted by aliens. Maybe that phenomena is just an archetype of something that's in us, that's human, that yeah. we never explained. But it just, it doesn't have to be that it's aliens. It just has to be that people back then were just as fucking confused about that shit as us. Maybe uh, Da Vinci was like a real, you know, UFO nut. He was, like, he was a real molder of his time. <laughs> Mulder and Scully. <laughs> um, Can I just? I mean, it could also be just a mistake, surely. Fox Da Vinci. No, he doesn't make mistakes. Renaissance man. artists never made mistakes. That's the thing about Bollocks. Renaissance. No mistakes, man. Da Vinci didn't make mistakes, mate. Yeah. Come on, artists make mistakes all the time. Only mistake he made was dying, bro. <laughs> all right, fair enough. It looks like he's sneezed with the. Brush in his hand and done a little dab and thought, well, the rest is pretty banging, so I'm going to leave it. Done a little. Apparently his last words uh, were, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Whoa. Yeah. They're, they're good last words. I want I want those to be my last words. I feel like they definitely weren't his last words, but they just no, like... They never, someone, they never are, are they? It's no, like someone's got written like, oh, down. I think I've shit myself or something. You know, it's embarrassing. <laughs> It's like you put in your final will what your last words want to be. Yeah. And then you don't have you to You say, say something them. good near your death and that's considered your last words. Yeah. What, what would you do if your last words on earth were really corny or cheesy? 
I'd be really embarrassed from the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> if they made your life into a film off the back of you having a corny one-liner at the end. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know how I'd want to be remembered. <laughs> I, I, want, I want my last words to be that life is a series of peaks and troughs and you don't know when you're in a peak until you're climbing <laughs> down. So it's not been very trite. Uh, <laughs> That's an office thing, isn't it? <laughs> it says, Do you know what famous philosopher said that? Dolly Parton. Yeah. That yeah, it's from quote. the office. Some people say she's just a big pair of tits. Oh, some people say she's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> um, right, so we've got the second segment, um, which is dissecting a Over lot the of... the Da Vinci Orange. There's a lot of science fiction in this bit. Um, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. Um, the the book, uh, the Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown's was, was a science fiction book, but apparently there are some old theories in it, which also included Da Vinci. Do you know about this beef or Bob? What in 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 the Da Vinci Code? Yeah, yeah. What the Da Vinci yeah, Code was about. I know there's mentions of Da Vinci in it because it's in the name. I know. <laughs> have, you, have you read it? <laughs> no, I've never read I've it. I've not read it. Have I've watched it? the film. I've seen the film. Do you know what Da Vinci has to do with any of it? Yeah, it's about the painting of The Last Supper, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so, the code within it. The Last Supper, they surmise. For the Holy Grail? The Holy Grail, yes. Right. Um, They believe that the the Holy Grail and the Last Supper was, in fact... <laughs> Um, decoded the the painting was decoded with uh, messages about uh, Mary Magdalene being yeah. Jesus's wife and yeah. mother of his children. Because the the whole no. thing about the the the, the book slash film is that it's possible that there's still ancestors of Jesus living today. Yeah, yeah. Through Jesus no. and Mary Magdalene, it's yeah in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently Da Vinci in the picture depicts where John should be in Da Vinci's one. They're saying it's Mary Magdalene because it's a very effeminate looking man. Right. Um, and the Holy Grail is the, the lineage and that that has been kept by the Priory of Zion. The Priory of Zion yeah. is the cult uh, linked in with the Knights Templar. That's right. Uh, and the Knights Templar are quite interesting. I, I I researched quite a bit. I researched quite a bit for this episode, but I won't stick on it too long. But the the Knights Templar, I didn't realise they were sort of penniless knights. They they didn't take any. They were really rich. The whole organisation, but the knights themselves were sworn to uh, chastity, um, being poor, and basically fighting in the name of God. Yeah, I would say there's almost enough weird shit to do with the Knights Templar to do an episode on that at some point. Definitely, yeah. I don't know much about them, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, they were they start they basically started the first bank. Right. Um, you could give you could give in your valuables to a local Knights Templar. They would right. value it, give you a slip, and then you could go and redeem it from any other Knights Templar knight around the world for the same value. Oh, would wow. they would they charge you one pound ninety five to put it back out? <laughs> <again>? <laughs> Maybe. Do you get interest on it? 
<laughs> What's know. the rates? Who knows? Yeah, when you take it in, they go, "This is interesting." But it's crazy, right? <laughs> they were they were crazy rich, big organization. But uh, but anyway, it's basically so the Rothschilds today I've got a little video about the hidden messages in Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper. Yeah, let's do it. I'm interested in this. Brilliant hidden messages in Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper. Leonardo da Vinci was one of the world's greatest artists of all time and an intellectual of the Italian Renaissance who is well known for his work in The Last Supper and the Mona Lisa paintings. Da Vinci was born on April 15, 1452 and died on May 2, 1519. He was a painter, sculptor, architect, inventor, and much more. Leonardo's most famous painting of the 15th century is The Last Supper, commissioned for the refectory of the coven of Santa Maria della Grazia in Milan. It represents the last meal shared by Jesus with his disciples before his capture and death and shows the moment when Jesus has just said, One of you will betray me. What is interesting is that the Last Supper when examined from a closer, more knowledgeable outlook, as explained by Manley P. Hall, is that we can start to see that da Vinci, who had access to the secret Vatican libraries, and a 33-degree mason, which is a word that originates from the root of Mazara, conveyors of tradition, had some very important information in his works, hidden in plain sight. The first sign of the zodiac is not Capricorn, but Aries, the sign of the ram, which is why we see the ram symbolism all throughout I ancient cultures. through this bit, it's not really relevant. So now let's take a closer look at the hidden messages in Da Vinci's The Last Supper. The Last Supper is also known as Nisan, which is a spring equinox, generally falling on March 21st yearly. There are 12 disciples including the Son of God, Jesus, makes it 13. Paying close attention to the hand gestures of each of the disciples, explained by Hall, you would see that each one shows representation of the celestial zodiac sign, starting with Aries at the head of the table and ending with Pisces. The only female in the zodiac is the Virgo, Virgin, and is portrayed as Mary Magdalene, the only female in the Last Supper. Mary meaning High Priestess, Magdalene means Tower of Knowledge, Jesus meaning Zeus, and Christ meaning gold, also make a trinity, which is a human connection to God. Traditionally, the trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What happened to the woman? How could she not exist in this equation? It is man, woman, Holy Spirit, or God, that is clearly depicted in all alchemical drawings and in the mystical Jewish Kabbalah as Chakma, understanding female, and Bina, wisdom male, Unite to get together. Crown. Holy Spirit. It kind of goes on to different things, so that's kind of the most relevant part. But what do you think about that? What do you think uh, he's depicting Mary Magdalene? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, beef. Do you know a lot about this beef? About it being Joseph or Mary Magdalene? Because we're going to watch a video in a bit uh, which explains that Joseph is always depicted to the right of Jesus. Uh, no, I don't know too much about it. Um, but my, I guess my reaction to it has always been, um, it's like I said earlier, it's a piece of art. It's, it's 
it's down to interpretation and I think you can't you can't read that closely into something and, and assume that that's and I think some people get so caught up in this painting, but it's not a photo. It's not a photo of the Last Supper. Um, it you know it's it's his interpretation of it. Um, so yeah, so I've not really paid too much attention to it to be honest. Um, yeah, but because because Da Vinci had a uh, a penchant for um, drawing codes into his drawings, putting meaning deeper, layering it. Yeah, he That's did, why people and then run amok with their imagination. I guess. I think because he did, sometimes people think he did all the time. Like, there's no meaning yeah. behind the Mona Lisa, is there? Well, there, there's a lot of videos <laughs> well. that found on that, where well. it's all about, uh, you know, what expression she's giving, the smile, Mona Lisa yeah. smile. I do see stuff like that, but how much meaning can there be in that? Uh, also, the the um, the book, the, the Da Vinci Code, was so huge when that came out. Um, and it did make people sort of run wild with this theory, like this theory of the the Last Supper. Mm. But at the end of the day, that is just like a adventure book. Yeah, yeah. I think the the one thing that I think about when, um, when I think about this sort of stuff is if if the Catholic Church is as secretive as people make out, and it's and it's got you know stuff to hide. People say they always have things to cover up. Why? Why would you reveal that information? Even if it was, even if you didn't reveal it in, even if you only revealed truth in part, why would you reveal it to um, a renowned artist and an intelligent man who was able to project code into his work? And they probably would have known at the time that he was someone who liked to do that. So why would you do that if if you had secrets? Yeah. Why would you release some of it to this man? who was known to be very intelligent and interpretive and, and someone who could look at the world in a different way. You would, well, the, would you? Well, the the counter-argument to that would be that he was so intelligent that he worked out for himself. Yeah, maybe. But only only if they let him into the depths of the Vatican. Yeah, he had access to the Vatican archives, apparently. Did he? Being, being a student of, uh, yeah, I mean, he worked at the Vatican for a long time doing a lot of drawings. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But this is what I mean. So they may have given him access, but do you not think they would have gone, Leo's coming in, should we not hide some of this shit? Yeah, chuck a blanket <laughs> over that. <laughs> and, yeah, he may have interpreted it anyway, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying the Catholic Church has anything to hide. Um, I mean, I am. I've got an episode coming up where I am saying that. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm obviously not being Catholic. I don't know um, for sure, and it's not really something I spent much time looking yeah. at. But that's just my way of thinking about it. But it is. It's. It's all interesting stuff, and I'm sure there's secrets in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, because of who he is, I, I mean, he's definitely hidden stuff in there. Is it as explosive as, like, you know, the bloodline of Jesus Christ lives on? Or is he just put a little few Easter eggs and in-jokes in there? Mm. Yeah. Apparently there's this Priory of Sion, which uh, Da Vinci was a part of, Isaac Newton was a part of, which is like a secret society of knowledge mm. being passed Illuminati. down. Illuminati. Yeah, apparently. Mm. Apparently it was to do with the Knights Templar as well. 
but the science fiction and the myth kind of combine and we're not sure i mean I'm it's impossible sure. to know what's what when something you know 1400s or whatever things get lost in translation yeah especially when a book comes out about it like the yeah Dan, like Dan a lot brown of people one. just think that dan brown book is based in fact and stuff because yeah so they run with ideas and then don't show yeah. they're working and it comes and in back the future that. as well like everything gets absorbed into the culture so the popularity and fame of that book will get absorbed in absorbed into the culture of the history of that going forward so generations ahead of this will yeah. take things from that as fact when it's just a popular sci-fi book so it's really interesting how culture absorbs things yeah definitely I think at the time when it came out, lots of people thought it was it was like a, a non-fiction. Book. Yeah, like based on truth sort of thing. Yeah, and and people now. I mean, when War of the Worlds broadcast on the radio, people thought it was real as well. <laughs> yeah, and like, and this is where the the church was was guilty in being extremely like stupid in thinking this as well because. It's like the um, the episode of The Office when there's the fire and they're all outside and Angela's like, I, I take the Da Vinci Code so I could burn the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> like that was that was unfortunately, um, Christians at the time were pretty defensive and a bit upset about it, but yeah. it's just just a book in it. Um, they they can do that sometimes, like groups of any in any large group of people so for this example christianity there are outliers within that group who will take things to an extreme it's like it's like the you know you get hear about lots of christians in america saying harry potter is like evil yes yes chill out (laughs) yeah that's just i think it's something that uh pervades their worldview and sort of muddies the waters for them and they would rather not have to think about potential other things that could have happened. Well, it just it just makes other people who have the same beliefs as them look stupid. Because there's yeah. an, on the other side of it, people go, "Oh, Christians are nuts. They think Harry Potter's cra- Harry Potter." Thing evil. is, there's, like, there's no, just stupid some, people. Some are. There's stupid people in all walks of life, and they yeah, make exactly. it difficult for mm. everyone who's exactly. similar to them. Always, there's not one type of person who doesn't have someone bad representing their you know beliefs or something it's like we said a few episodes ago about not wanting to tell it say in public that we're podcasters yeah because there's so many dickhead podcasters around nowadays yeah yeah but it's like uh it depends on yeah you you can you can take we could all read the same book and we will end up with three different interpretations yeah but me and rachel always say with harry potter we're like the people that would say well, Harry Potter is against the Bible and he's evil and don't read it. It's going to corrupt your mind and Satan's going to come and, like, kill you for reading it. Um, they don't say that, but they go a bit crazy. They clearly haven't read the whole saga. They haven't read all the books because the message behind all of it is that Harry gives his life for his friends, which is the most Christian message there is. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a load of bullshit. Get over yourselves. Because Jesus didn't do it, it's... Uh... Blasphemous. Only Jesus can do that. <laughs> so I've got a really good video which is the other side of that story with the Last Supper. The Last Supper, one of Leonardo da Vinci's most famous works, plays a key role in Ron Howard's 2006 blockbuster, The Da Vinci Code. 
The movie claims the figure sitting to Jesus' right is Mary Magdalene, not the disciple John, as the church would have us believe, and that she is the Holy Grail. When I saw the movie of Dan Brown and I read the book, I was very happy because it was a very beautiful novel, but it's science fiction. Mario Tadai is a Milan-based inventor and an expert on the works of Leonardo da Vinci. He spent 15 years analyzing the Renaissance master's work, trying to get inside his mind. Mario doesn't believe the movie's claims, and for good reason. He knows da Vinci's version of The Last Supper was just that, a version. Before Leonardo da Vinci, there are hundreds of Last Suppers, and when he painted The Last Suppers, he had to follow some rules. The Rules wants to have uh, the people in that position with that smile so people can recognize uh, the different apostles uh, one by one. Before Leonardo's Last Supper, all of the other copies looked very similar. Artists used the same formula to depict Christ's disciples. St. Peter handles a knife. Judas carries a purse of silver. And St. John, the youngest disciple, is always shown as a youthful, feminine-looking figure. Is this uh, John or Maria Magdalene? Is a very easy question, but it's a stupid question. Because uh, it must be John, because Leonardo had to, had to copy the Last Supper before him, and John looks like a woman. Leonardo da Vinci just copied these things because they must be in this way, so it must be recognizable as John. That's it. <laughs> Simple. So there you go. That guy is pretty, pretty sure in his views. Yeah. He was just, yeah. he's basically saying, well, it's kind of known that John was kind of a feminine looking guy, so he's just drawing yeah. it as he's always been portrayed. Of course, John would be there. But yeah. End of story. Yeah, I think also um, the disciples, when they would have been with Jesus, um, would have been teenagers. So somewhere between the ages of like 15 and 19. Right. How old was Jesus when he got killed? 33. No, that's how old he was in the prime, wasn't it? No, th yeah, so he was... Uh, somewhere between sort of 33, 35, something, something like when that. When he did his like miracle year, when he did most of his work, he's considered to be 33. I know that. Sorry? That's mad. When he had his like most prolific time. Yeah. He's considered to be about 33. I know that. Yeah. 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 And he would have died like a year or two after that time because that's when he became most famous during that year. Yeah. 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 That's mad. Estimated. So we're pretty close to our Jesus prime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Year after next, I'll be in my prime. I've got literally no followers. Uh, I'm not doing very good. That's why Superman is often portrayed as being 33, because they always do like parallels. Between him and Jesus. A lot, a lot of writers like to draw parallels on, you know, Jesus and, and Superman and because Jesus Superman died and was resurrected and things like that they draw parallels on it and they, for that reason they often quote him as being 33 it's blasphemous mate is it yeah <laughs> is it <laughs> it's just classic storytelling isn't it yeah true uh, speaking of classic storytelling have you seen
Okay. I'll find out about that. Awesome. Anyway, back to Da Vinci because we derailed. No, wow. we yeah. are. We're on. We're finished. Uh, oh, is all the Da Vinci. <laughs> came from nowhere. Came from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, finished. Completed it, mate. Just the second segment. There's, there's loads. I mean, there's, there's not really. That, that, the whole conspiracy stuff is mainly about the messages in his paintings. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. So you ended up becoming very interested in Da Vinci after researching it. Yeah, yeah, super interested. I'm going to get his biography on audiobook. Listen mm. to that. Nice. Uh, I I really like that a lot of the geometry sort of breakthroughs he made made it possible for us to make robotics 500 years on. That's pretty crazy. It is insane. The crossover between like the mathematics and the art and the theories and the science like is really interesting. There's not many people that yeah. will span that breadth of fields. I, I wonder if it's like a lesson on how we should uh, prioritize that type of... Uh, like, if he was a genius and he studied that, maybe people should study that as standard in schools mm-hmm. so we have more geniuses, but then people with less relevant information to get on with their job, you know, somewhere else. Mm. I, I I just feel bad for the guy that he's he's clearly not intelligent because aliens told him everything. <laughs> Aliens. Aliens gave him a shortcut. And why doesn't that still happen today? I have no doubt there were extraterrestrials. That's how he says it. No doubt. That's every time. Do you have doubt that it was extraterrestrials? Yes. Do I have doubt? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I have doubt, and then I also have severe anxiety that other people don't have doubt. I... (laughs) I... uh, I do wonder whether we've been visited by aliens. What, do you think we might have been? No, well, I haven't seen any compelling enough evidence, apart from the, the Phoenix lights, a few phenomena like that. But still, I mean, those lights could be anything. It couldn't just be UFOs. It could be, fuck knows, anything. Yeah, it's not compelling enough, really, is it? They don't know enough about this uh, this planet. It's not. So. It's not beyond the realms of impossibility. Of possibility, sorry. Um, I just feel like if they have, they're not bothered about us that much. Or they're kind of leaving us alone, so we should just forget about them anyway. I don't don't think that we should just go along with this idea, this, this narrative that they are way more intelligent than we are. Don't understand that at all. I, I think dolphins are definitely way more intelligent than we are. <laughs> I think dolphins have got it made in the shade. Uh, made in the shade. Although, uh, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna have a lot more advances in our technology, but they get to just dance around the sea. They play with fish between each other. <laughs> that, that's, that's the that, height that's of it. happiness. There we go. Covered well, it. that's what they need to do. Like if you. If you can live a full life just doing that shit, then you must have it pretty sorted in the mental department. They don't. They probably get yeah. depression and anxiety, right? I don't know. Yeah. If you have that enough self awareness, then it's inevitable. Yeah, I would. I don't know. Dolphins don't have like crippling credit card debt. Or <laughs> neither do I. I still feel miserable. Well, 
crippling crippling Tory power. Or maybe not even that, but they they don't have bills that are like looming on the horizon that they have to. Yeah, I definitely have that. Or an MOT. I'm still waiting for my first payday of this year. (laughs) How crazy is it about octopus? They think that octopus are the most advanced race on this planet. By the way. Yeah, I know. We spoke about this last time. (laughs) We spoke about the dinosaurs one. Yeah, that's nuts. I'm it's, still it's, really impressed. It's time it. for the Weird Tales Octopus Minute. Yeah, yeah I, I, octopuses are horrible. It's the Octopi. coconut video, isn't it? So are whales. Octopi are fucking mental, mate. They are mental. Terrifying. I mean, yeah. Maybe maybe being self-aware isn't the most efficient and longest survival rate of any animal. Sometimes animals that just are fucking shit hot at hunting and intelligent enough to adapt just get on better than we do yeah. uh da vinci have we got anything more to say about the man no no we're gonna wrap up i need to uh i need to get to bed cool uh yeah. i really enjoyed this one yeah that was awesome yeah, i i really enjoyed researching it i did a little bit too much research and i felt like i went off topic a few times but it felt like a. I like ones like this where it's like a real grab bag. We look at a lot of different things kind of quickly, kind of similar to the dinosaurs one, where it's like we're gonna look at some extinction theories and some theories and then that, and then yeah, this felt like you know some alien stuff, some of this, some of that, some painting. I didn't yeah. want it to be purely a bio of Da Vinci because uh, there's too much. It, it, we need a conspiracy to be thrown in there for the sake of the episode, I guess. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it. This is maybe I think I might have. This might be my fave of the new batch since we've been back. Really? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm just in the mood for this one tonight. You've caught me at the right moment. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Very enjoyable. It was a good, like, biography slash conspiracy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's do the... uh... So, um, I'm going to run through the gump, then we'll do Listener of the Week. Uh, So, if you want to uh, find any of the links that Tiss is going to send me about the videos and pictures and everything... Uh, from this episode, you go to weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com. Uh, you can look at the blog there for this and every other episode that exists. Um, and you can also find links on there to follow us on our various social media places, our Twitter accounts, our Facebook account, um, those things. You can contact us at unexplainableukatmail.com to suggest episodes or say hi or whatever. Um, or you can send us original music that we like to use for the outros. Uh, there's also a way to contact us on the website that I previously mentioned. From the website, you can also buy merch, which I always forget to mention. You can follow the uh, the link to our Tea Public store, buy T-shirts and things, and you can also donate to the podcast to help us keep running. Um, also, ratings and reviews on iTunes are really helpful. Did I get everything? Yeah, probably. I'm getting good at that. <laughs> Listener of the week. Listener of the week. Uh, this week. Um, I had a really fun story that I was going to bring up, but I can't remember it, so I have to hold it off to the next one. For now, um, I'm going to give it to a listener called James Waddington. Um, he's listened for a while, and he sent us a nice email recently. But he's also uh, makes music. He's from your neck of the woods. He's from Bristol. Nice. Awesome. And um, he makes music under the name, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, uh, Ratliost. And he uh, sent me a, 
a link to his SoundCloud page, which I'll also put a link to on the website. So the outro music this week is going to be the track 0536 from Ratliost, um, aka James Waddington, listener of the week. Nice. It's a good track as well. It's a, it's like a like sort of ambient electronica. Awesome. Oh, I need to some nice, to this. nice beats and Send some of the stuff. link. Put it in the uh, group chat. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving the uh, listener music that's going in. By the way, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few a few more to use and um, I'd love, um, I really am enjoying listening to the variety of, of music that our listeners make. Um, so yeah, keep sending them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, we'll be back in two weeks. It's Beefy next. Yes? Ye- yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that'll be your second one and then we've all done two each. And then maybe after Beef we'll do a ghost stories just to break it up. Fuck yeah. Yeah, sounds cool. Because I've got so many ghost story submissions, so that'll be like a nice easy one for us. And um, we also had quite a few requests for some more ghost story stuff because it's been a long time. So so Beefy will do one next and then it'll be a ghost story and then we'll be back to uh, a me episode. Yeah, sounds ghost, good. Ghost with toast. Ghost with toast. Anyway, to wrap up this episode, go for it, Tissy. Da Vinci, you later. Da Vinci, you later. Oh, mate, you I, missed, yeah. You yeah. missed the trick there. Yeah, Did start again. So Divin, until next later. time. Devin, see you later. Yeah, such enthusiasm. Well I done. Devin, I... see you later. Let's all do it all together. It. Let's all do it together on the count of three. Until next time. One, Divin. two, three. Devin, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Tis. Oh my okay, God. I'm going to point when we do it. So until On the count next of three. Time, until next time. Devin, see you later. Devin, see you later. <laughs> Bye bye, bye bye, love you. Bye, bye. bye. see you later. Bye. Love you, love you, love you, love you. Bye bye.
Life is just a series of peaks and troughs. Yeah. And you don't know whether you're in a trough until you're climbing out or on a peak until you're coming down. And that's it, you know, you never know what's around the corner. Uh, but it's all good, you know. Um, you know. If you want the rainbow, you've got to put up with the rain. Do you know which philosopher said that? Dolly Parton. Yeah. And people say she's just a big pair of tits. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.